to Faith on Fire, the broadcast that encourages believers to ignite the power of faith in their lives. Join us now as Pastor Vince Haney and Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. bring the Word of God to fuel your faith. another edition of Faith on Fire. I am Pastor Richard Hoyt Jr. from the Community Church of God. And I am Pastor Vince Haney from Rama Word of Faith, the Word Church. We're talking about the keys to the kingdom. And we're talking this week about meditation. And one of the reasons why we want to meditate on the Word of God, why we want to study the Word of God, is so that we can remember who we are. And I think a lot of times... Christians, if they're not spending enough time in the Word of God, actually almost forget who they are. Forget that we are the children of God. Forget For, that we're in the kingdom. Forget that we have all the promises of God, that that all the promises that come to children are our promises. And that when he says he wants to give us love and joy and peace and patience and kindness as the fruits of the Spirit, that those are promises to us. That when he says to us, that if we will meditate on his word day and night, he will bless us and prosper us. And we sometimes forget that's who we are and that those are actually the promises that God has given to us. We've talked in weeks past as we were looking at these kingdoms of kingdom that it just seems that so many Christians are sad, that so many Christians are beaten down, that so many Christians are, it's like they're downtrodden. And they're stoic and they're just trying to get by in life. And they, they just don't know how they're going to make it through another day. That is not the life that God wants to give to his children. Jesus came that we might have life and we might have it more abundantly. And he wants to give us love and peace and joy and patience and kindness and all those things. He wants us to have them. And as we study the word of God, as we meditate on the word of God, we remember who it is that we are and all the promises that he has given to us. The last three weeks in our church, we've been talking about joy. And we looked at Psalm 118, verse 24, where he says that today is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. And then we're Philippians 4, chapter 4, verses 4 and 5, when he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. And at the end of verse 5, he says, The Lord is near. And then we finally finished up in our study as we looked at James in chapter 1 as he says, consider pure joy when you face trials of many kinds because you need that for perseverance and perseverance must work its way so that we can be made perfect and complete in everything. And so you look at this and you say, okay, God wants me to have joy. How can I have joy? I, it's a beautiful sunny day here where we're at today. But earlier in the week, it was rainy, and maybe you don't like the rain, and you woke up and you said, you know what, I just hate rain, and I just don't, it, today's going to be a lousy day. No, 
Today is the day the Lord has made. Rain, sunshine, whatever. Well, you say, you know what? Uh, I think this show, it, it's Thursday, you know? And so you say, I hate Thursdays. It's going to be a bad day. No, today is the day the Lord has made. I shall rejoice and be glad in it. We look at rejoice in the Lord always. The Lord is near. We look at the other verse where he says, consider it pure joy because he will work it to make us perfect and make us complete. When you look at all those things and what they have in common, all of them is God. We can rejoice in the day. We can rejoice in the Lord always. We can consider it pure joy when we face tribulations because of him. He is the one who made the day. He is the one who is near. He is the one who's going to perfect us. This doesn't have anything to do with me this, or, and how what I'm going to do. It's about him and what he has done, is doing, and will continue to do. It is not about what's the government doing or not doing. It's not about what a politician is doing or not doing. It's not about what the president is doing or not doing. As we're, as we're talking this week, you know, the Ukraine's in the news and what's going on in Crimea. It's not about any of those things. Today is the day the Lord has made. I can rejoice and be glad in it because he is here and he is going to be sufficient for me. And you know what? And, and he and his word are one. I always say God, Jesus, and his word are like wet and water. You can't get water and separate the wet out of it. Wet comes with the water. So when you say he, I always relate it right back to his word. And, and I just want to go back to that Psalms 1 again, because as you were speaking, the Holy Spirit showed me something at the latter part. Well, verse 2 and then 6. I'm going to connect it right with 6. It says, but his delight, the person that meditates on God's word, his delight is in the word of the Lord. And in his word, he meditates day and night. And he says he's going to be prosperous and he's going to be blessed. But look at verse 6. For the Lord, okay, let me go back. Oh, and whatever he does shall prosper. And he showed me something in that whatever he does. Well, he lives life. He's going to get up every morning and live life. He said, well, you're going to prosper in that too. And again, the Holy Spirit was just showing me, whatever you're going through in life, get the word of God on it. If, if you meditate on healing scriptures and health scriptures, that's going to manifest in your life as you, as you meditate on it because God's going to make that real. He watches over his word, it says in Isaiah, to perform it. His word does not return void. So it's to our benefit to meditate on his word. Again, if you got health issues, I, I, I declare, and I'm going to keep declaring because I got the truth on, Christ has redeemed me from the curse. So I don't get sick. I just don't. And if I may, it may come attack me, but I'm reminded that no weapon that's formed against me shall prosper. And he said he'll take sickness out of the midst of me. And I always tell people, God's best is not to heal you. God's best is that you walk in divine health. That's his best. But if you get sick, get the word on it and find out what he says. He says, by Jesus' stripes, we are healed. When Jesus was getting whipped with that cat of nine tails, he said that was for your healing. So now you got to appropriate that truth to yourself and meditate on it. And God, his word is living and it's powerful. It'll do something. And that's just with your help. What if, if your money's a little funny? You can meditate, especially if you're a tither and a giver, meditate on the scriptures and the promises that go with that. He says, I'll open for you the windows of heaven and pour you out blessings that you won't have room enough to receive. And he says, concerning giving, 
In 2 Corinthians, he's able to make all grace abound towards you, that you have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work in charitable nation. So, God's you have to meditate and you got to make that real. You got to, I tell people, you got to make the word of God your reality. That's where I live. Well, and you have to meditate on it for to, that to happen. To, to, to be your reality, you got to meditate right. on it. And as opposed to meditating on what the world's trying to get you to believe. Because you got two people fighting for your believing, Thoughts. for yeah. your believing, and that believing is in your spirit. It don't happen in your head. Again, you get born again, you get a new spirit, not a new mind. Therefore, you got to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. But if you put that word in your spirit, it's going to change your mind. It's going to brainwash you. But that's a good brainwashing because he's going to cleanse you from all of that, that, that stuff the world system planted in you. So it's to our benefit to apply these keys, and, and this key we're speaking on, this key of the kingdom is biblical meditation. You have to meditate on God's word because it's going to start speaking to you. It's going to talk to you. It's going to tell you who you are. It's going to tell you what you have. It's going to allow you to have the victory and to overcome. So, again, this broadcast is designed to ignite people's faith on fire, and we're going to give you the best of God that we have. We're going to give it to you, and we're going to show it to you in the Word. So you can't say, oh, Vincent, Richard just made that up. No, we're giving it to you right out of the Scripture. <laughs> so you can go home in your own time with the Lord and meditate. Meditating is also spending time with God. It's just like if you was in love with somebody and you meditating on the love letter that they sent you in college. Remember those days? You can now recite that letter verbatim. And it ain't even in your possession because you read it over and over and over and over. It got down in your spirit. And that's what God wants to do with us with his word. He wants that word to be planted in our spirit. Because it says in Proverbs 20, 20, God uses your spirit to guide you. Yeah, he uses your spirit. So he's going to put his word in your spirit. And he wants that to be your guiding force. So, See, yeah. yeah, and what the word of God does is once again helps us to remember who we are. First John... Chapter 3, he says, How great is the love the Father has lavished on us that we should be called children of God, and that is what we are. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Listen to that. That we should be called the children of God, and that is what we are. When you mm -hmm. meditate on God's word day and night, mm -hmm. he will remind you that you are the children of God. That's what you are. You are the children of God, the God who spoke this universe into existence, the God who spoke the earth, spoke the stars, spoke the sun, spoke the moon, spoke the trees, spoke the plants, the God who spoke this world into existence and breathed life into clay and made Adam. Mm -hmm. is your father. You are a child of that God. And when you stop and you think and it comes into your spirit that you are actually this child, you realize then, as he promised, that there's nothing that's not possible with him, that all things are possible through him, that there's nothing that he can't see accomplished in your life. And you'd come to realize that if he could speak this universe into existence, what's that bill that you have due to him? What is, what is that illness that you have to him? What is whatever your problem is in life that seems so big to you? 
when you realize that you are a child of the God who spoke the universe into existence, your problems are nothing compared to his power. And again, I keep hearing you saying him. And, and again, him and his word are one. When you get God's word, you get him. And I'm going to prove that. Look at John chapter 6, verse 63. And Jesus was speaking on bread. He said, I'm the bread of life. And well, well we know in the natural, you eat bread. And Jesus said, well, eat and feed on me. So look what he summed it up in John 6, 63. He said, it is the spirit who gives life. He called the spirit a who, a person. He said, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. He said, my words are spirit and they are life. So that must be important to us to meditate on his word because that's spirit and there's life. Then you go over to John 17. Jesus still talking about he was praying for his disciples. So look what he said in John 17, 14. Jesus was praying to the Father. He says, I have given them your word, and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not pray that you should take them out of the world. That's for the people that don't want you to go outside your door, but to the church house and back. He said, I pray that you should not take them out of the world, but that you should keep them from the evil one. That means being demonically influenced by the devil. But look at verse 16. Jesus says, they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them by your truth. Sanctify means set them apart by your truth. Your, your word is truth. So when I get the word of God, because that's truth. That's the truth. And truth is the highest form of reality. Now, now facts Truth is more better than facts because I can fabricate some facts. I can plant some evidence and say, oh, here's the facts. He, well, I know that in the natural the community I came from, law enforcement would plant some evidence on you. But that's not the truth. That is mine. They, they, they put it on me, and then they'll go to court and say, well, here's the facts, Your Honor. We found this in his pocket. This, this was found in his pocket. Well, well, you planted it there. So facts can be manipulated or planet but the truth is what it is and truth always overrides facts so when we speak the truth of God's word it's designed to override any fact and now with as you meditate on the truth of God's word again it's going to transform you it's going to elevate your faith it's going your faith's going to be on fire and you'll step out on it and that's your new reality is the truth of God's word and that's what'll be manifested in your life when you stand on it you got to stand on the truth. Remember what Jesus said about the truth? You should know the truth, and it's that truth that's going to set you free. And he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And Jesus and the word are one, because in Revelation says he shall be called the word of God, Jesus. So as we're going through our life and doing and being who God called us to be, we have to stand on the truth of God's word. Standing on that means meditating on it. You got to remember who you are by constantly meditating. Well, God said this. This is who I am. This is what I have. This is what I can do. Yeah, greater these are the promises that he's given to me, yeah, and they're always yeah, good. Yeah, greater is he that's in me than he just in the world. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Because, again, the scriptures say he lives in you. Okay. See, see and, and how you live your life will be completely different. If you actually believe that I can do all things through him who strengthens me. If you actually believe that, you're going to live a different life than if you think, 
Oh man, I got more bills than I got money. I the doctor said this. My kids are having this trouble. You know, I'm having this problem with my husband or wife, and I just don't think there's any hope for any of it. You're going to live a different life when you come to realize that the, all things are possible through him. You know what? If you're saying that, that's telling me as a Christian, supposed to be mature in Christian, that you're not meditating on the word of God. Because, again, meditation brings revelation. Revelation is revelation of who you are and who you what family you in? But as revelation gives you the faith. You and as we're out. talking, though, you know about people's faith being on fire. One of the ways to get your faith on fire, as we've said before, is to meditate on the Word of God. Because then you do come to realize. See, if if you're not meditating on the Word of God, you don't even realize that it says that all things are possible through Him who strengthens me. You don't. You don't even know that the Bible says the things that it says because you're not meditating on it. And we've got to get back to meditating on the Word of and God. And here's the thing. If you're not meditating on the Word of God, you're meditating on something else. Because, again, you're going to always move in the direction of your most dominant thought or what you're dominantly meditating on. You're going to go in that direction in life. And I always tell people, your life, all things being equal, is the sum total of the decisions that you've made. And you Remember he, back in Psalms 1, blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the ungodly. You probably be getting a lot of ungodly counsel. Well, they said do it this way. Well, God said do it this way. And a lot of that ungodly counsel would come from your family. Well, yeah, it comes from <laughs> tell a vision, television. But it I comes mean, a from, lot of it would be your family. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Well, because that's, that's mama and them. And mama I mean, and them know can, better. It can be your friends. I mean, it doesn't have to be the devil. It doesn't have to be horns and a red bifurcated tail. Pitchfork. And pitchfork and all that good stuff. It can actually be come in the form of a family member or a friend. And they thinking that they're giving you good advice. Them thinking that they're helping the situation. Well, but just, if it isn't what God says, it is not helping. And just like with Job and his friends, as he was going through his trial, his tribulation, his adversity, his friends came to give him some counsel. And we know all that counsel that Job got from his friends was ungodly counsel. And Job had to come back to his faith and say, he made a bold statement. He said, I know my Redeemer lives. He had to remember who he was and who he was connected to. He knew God was his source. And he said, yeah, though they slay me, yet I will still praise him. And that's part of what the word of God reveals to us especially as we meditate on it. Yes, I'm going to go. Yeah, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Well, because well, he's with me. His rod and his staff, it comforts me. You have to know that, and you have to get that planted in your spirit, and it's the only way it's going to get planted in your spirit as you meditate on it day and night. Jesus talked about in Mark 4, the kingdom of God is like a man who scattered seed in his ground. And then he talks about he don't know how it grows. Well, it grows by... And meditating on it day and night. Whatever you think on the most is going to become bigger. So if you're thinking of meditating on God's word the most, that's why he said in Philippians, think on these things. And then he told you what to think on. What sort well, of you, things are good. And as you Love. said that, it, it brought to my mind, whatever you think about is going to get bigger. If you think about your problems, they're going to get bigger. If you, you think, think about your God, but I mean, if you, he's going to get if, bigger. If you're focused on your problems, the problems will get bigger. 
If you have a bill due, you have an illness, you have if that's your focus, that problem will get bigger and bigger. That happened with David and Goliath. They had looked at Goliath out there for 40 days and 40 nights, and he was getting bigger and bigger and bigger the more they looked at him. So what'll happen if I focus on my promises? The promises. And they're gonna get bigger and bigger. But this is where it is as a believer. (laughs) As a believer, though. We're talking about your faith being on fire. We're talking about meditating on the Word of God. If I meditate on my problems, my problems will get bigger. If I meditate on the Word of God, God will get bigger bigger in my life. And the problems will get Get smaller. smaller, And the promises will get bigger. And so it's where are we going to put our focus? Because I know people, and so do you. I got some family members that are like this. They wake up in the morning, they're worrying. They worry all day, and the last thought they have before they go to sleep is to worry some more. Well, I heard somebody say this, and it's really good. It says, don't go around talking about how big your problems are. Go around telling your problems how big your God is. So that means you've been meditating on God's Word because, again, your reality as you meditate on God's Word, that His Word is your reality. That's the truth. So, again, truth will override facts or circumstances. Jesus overrode all the natural laws. That one we talked about yesterday, walking on water. He overcame, was that gravity (laughs) he overcame? Because you don't walk on water in the natural. So the word, Jesus is the word, so the word overcame natural stuff. The spirit realm is superior to the natural realm. But well, we've been won. programmed in this world system to think what you can see is, is, is all there is. But there's not. There's a, a spiritual world out there that's greater and more superior. And Jesus said, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. In the beginning, in Genesis, Scripture says the spirit of the Lord hovered in the darkness. And then the spirit spoke and poof, there was light. And then the spirit said this and poof, there it was, the spirit. And so we are spirits. And not only that, the spirit of God dwells in us. So we're spirits. We're living in, I call this body an earth suit. Yeah. And we have a mind. We're described (laughs) as a tent. Yeah, yeah, that too. Same thing. (laughs) This body is our our earthly house, our earthly vessel. And, but we are spirits living in a body. Well, you know, and, and I've probably seen more people who have died than I ever thought I would in my whole entire life. But when you look at somebody who's died, if you can't see that what made them, them left, I don't understand how anybody can look at a person who has died and not realize that what made them them, their spirit, has gone somewhere. And that body is supposed to go right back to the dirt. That body was just actually really a shell. Well, God created the first body. Adam's body came from, he formed it out of the dust of the ground. And the scriptures say he blew into him life, spirit. Breathed right in. The spirit blew life into a body. And that's the same way we're born. God creates people. And we're made, again, in his image, in his likeness. He's a spirit. Jesus said no one has ever seen the Father. Well, the Father is a spirit. You can't see a spirit. Don't mean it's not alive. It's not real. Just because you can't see it. I use the example of cell phones. We all now have cell phones. When you push that button to send, they don't have to say send anymore, but they used to, a signal, it sends a signal out. Woo, that's a revelation. When we're speaking the word of God, we're sending a signal out to heaven. Heaven and it always accomplishes yeah, well, what it was Yeah, because angels, for. angels are now dispatched. You get angels to dispatch, and they go and perform. They make the thing happen because 
The Bible says angels are ministering spirits for us. We have angels encamped all around us. Everybody Christian has an angel assigned or angels assigned to them. And if you don't aren't speaking the word of God, angels are not commanded to hearken to nothing but the word of God. And we have a right to speak it because we're ambassadors. We're children of the most high God. And again, a lot of people, pastors, not saying nothing bad about them, but they're not teaching the full gospel. They ain't telling believers they have angels and angels work for them. Scripture said in Hebrews, they are ministering spirits. They're to minister for those who have inherited the kingdom. That's us. Yeah, and angels are always listening to the voice, word of God, wherever it, it can come from heaven or it can come from earth. Remember, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And when we speak the word of God, angels go make stuff happen. They go transfer funds here and there and change numbers on your bank account. And they just do stuff like that. That's what they have a job. We know with Daniel, Michael, the archangel had to go and do something because the host of heaven was fighting against them. So you can pull out the big guns too. You know, in the military, they say have air superiority. Well, angels use the airways. <laughs> so yeah, this is, we, we're going way off in another direction. But it's meditation. But I've been meditating on this, Richard. I meditate on the whole full counsel of God, of his word, not just parts of it. You have to be filled. The Bible says... Be filled with the knowledge of the Lord's will. Well, the word of God always always accomplishes what it was intended for. Right. That it never returns to him void. void. And so we might say, well, I said this or I said that or I quoted this scripture to a person or I spoke and I didn't see it happen. Just because you didn't see it happen doesn't mean that it didn't happen. Right, right, right. Because it never returns void. It always accomplishes what it was intended well, for. Well, Peter didn't see... The coin going to the fish mouth, but he was obedient when Jesus told him, go down to the lake and the first fish that pops up, he'll have money in it for our taxes. Now, Peter. See, that made no sense. It made no sense. At all. Peter didn't see that happen. He never seen that before. Right. And, and he was fisherman. a professional fisherman. Right. He but, never found money. In but the he walked mouth. by faith, not by his intellect. That's what sight means. Intellect, reasoning, human reasoning. He didn't walk by that. He just was obedient. And the scripture says this. Obedience is better than sacrifice. Just be obedient to the word of God. If God says go do something, but you better meditate it. on it, or you'll never know what it is. Right? You got to meditate See, on. And to go back to what we were talking about at the very beginning, when we meditate on the word of God, we remember who we are. It can help us to remember we are the children of God. We have every promise of God that He has ever made is ours, and every promise He has ever made is always good. And so when we look and we think about all the promises that he has given mm -hmm, to his mm -hmm. children, they are all good to each of us as we are his children. So don't ever forget who it is that you are. Don't forget that you are a child of God. Meditate on his word. Come to understand what his promises to you are. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want is not always commonly seen as a promise. I see it as a promise that I shall not want, because the Lord is my shepherd. Amen, amen. I just want to say something as you were just talking about remembering who we are. And here's another uh, job of the Holy Spirit, which was given to us when we got born again. And uh, we're going to talk about that next time on Faith on Fire. And again, we're out of time, but we're definitely not out of faith. And we just want to remind you, as you go through this week, keep walking and living by faith.
If this broadcast has been a blessing to you, we ask that you consider sending a love offering to Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927, which allows this broadcast to continue in your local area. Again, that's Faith on Fire, P.O. Box 7508, Chico, California, 95927. Please join us next time on this great station for more Faith on Fire.